0: And iShine founder, solo parenting expert, and all-around foodie, Mr. Robert Beeson. Join us each week as we explore and engage with some of the most intriguing, inspiring, outrageous, and awesome parents in the world. This is Brilliantly Brave.
1: Welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. I'm your co-host, Pastor Brad Matthias, and I'm here with Robert Beeson. How do you do? We are talking to you live from Franklin, Tennessee. Uh, at least live when we recorded it. Um, (laughs) We have fun with this, folks. I I know some of you have been listening for a while now. We're appreciative, very appreciative that you're listening to Brilliantly Brave. But at the end of the day, uh, we want to encourage and have fun with this. And so um, today, we have a special guest. It's a friend of mine that goes back over a decade. Uh, I first met this guest... Uh, at the factory in Franklin. Do you remember the factory? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's still there, so. Well, yeah, Yeah. I mean, but there was a time when the factory was the hippest place to have an office. Do you remember that about 12 years ago? I worked for a company known as the Butterfly Group, Mm -hmm. and at that time, the Butterfly Group had about 45 employees, and there was a series of record labels there, and Mm -hmm. one of them was a gospel label, and uh, there was this young up-and-coming guy sharp dresser sharp talker you know the type i do like yeah. you well yeah definitely just <laughs> like me yeah so uh this young man uh and i started a friendship and he was the head of a and for this gospel label huh so actually i didn't know that i know it's kind of a hidden fact uh, a little bit like think of this as a special little insight behind the that's curtain. that's great yeah that's great and so this creative artistic musical young man uh ended up leaving that job and moving out east hmm. and uh got into law uh went to law school wow and so i lost track of veron uh 14 years ago 13 years ago hmm. and it was a, about 4 years ago that I reconnected with Veron, and I found out that he was not a lawyer but he was a youth pastor hmm. in the city of Philadelphia and so well in the city of Philadelphia don't you have to have a law degree to be a youth minister well I think it, it's encouraged <laughs> Yeah, you know I don't want to upset any Eagles fans out there but yeah. you know it's dismal I, uh, but yeah. it's an awesome community they have a great downtown and fantastic cheese steak sandwiches. I know that. I didn't know all
2: that about Varon.
1: Yeah. So Varon has this rich musical background. Yeah. Uh he worked with George King. Uh mm. he worked with some of the the creative folks uh in the in the Christian gospel world and and I you know, full circle serendipity here. You know, 4 years ago I bump into Varon, and he's a pastor and I'm a pastor. Yeah. And we start connecting the dots. And and lo and behold, he ends up taking a position as a lead pastor of a church here in downtown Nashville. Such an awesome story. What a small world, right? No kidding. Yeah. And so Varon has become uh, a confidant. He's become one of my pastoral accountability guys. Mm. Uh, He's a deep, close, personal friend and someone I greatly admire and respect. Mm. Um, And is is a— Parent, I believe, of eight children. Eight children. Eight children. And so we've invited Ron. Seven
3: girls, one boy.
1: Yeah. So he's insane. Uh, He has seven daughters. Uh, Think about that. Seven daughters. That
3: you can't see me, but I have tons of gray hair. First one came when the first daughter was born.
1: Ah well i've had a chance to meet his wife and children and i can tell you that they are a beautiful expression they're of, awesome of the love of christ and a creativity these little girls dance they sing they spin around they paint their nails they are everything you want in daughters and veron is this amazing husband and pastor and i'm so glad that you could make it into the studio today thank you yeah thanks for being here
3: not a problem the little ones now play guitar they play piano they write songs it's just crazy hey here's one thing you didn't re- remember the, the, the snappy dresser you gave me my first fancy shirt
1: oh you were really? wearing
3: a 50 dollar or 40 dollar fancy shirt that i kept for like 10 12 years i i, I I wore it until the, sh- the sleeves were too small. But that was my very first really expensive shirt. And when people say, man, that's a nice shirt, I said, man, my doctor friend gave it to me. <laughs> oh, my gosh, you said that. Okay. <laughs> so,
1: I did say that, so. Well, yeah, that's so awesome. before I was a pastor, I was a doctor. I hadn't really told the podcast community well, all of that yet. But So, Varon, here you are. You're in our studio. You've driven from downtown Nashville out to Franklin. It's about a 40-minute drive. And you literally have a pastoral... Uh, parish, yeah, right in the shadow of the Titan Stadium. Yep. You can walk to it. Yeah. So you are in the, the very epicenter of the inner city of Nashville. And so you have this really unique perspective on parenting and yep. on pastoral ministry. And so I'm excited to hear what it is you feel like God's brought with you today.
3: Interesting thing, uh, getting down to Nashville, again, context, I have eight kids and a wife. Um, to tell five teenagers right in the midst of high school that, hey, we're gonna get up and leave because dad got a call to pastor a church down in Nashville. So you gotta leave your friends, leave your school, and, and come on down here and do it. The little ones, no issue. You know, they're four or five years old. But your 16, 17, 18 year old kids, mm. um, it's a little bit different. Uh, so it's interesting in that when we talk with them, and I talk with them individually pulled them into a room one by one by one and spoke with them individually. one thing I learned as a pastor, uh, not even as a pastor, as a parent, uh, one thing I learned as a parent was the kids need to know that they matter. Hmm. And so hmm. a lot of what I did, particularly in a, in a big family, and we're not just a big family, but we're a blended family. My wife and I got married about 11 years ago. I had three children from a previous relationship. She had two from a previous relationship. Both of those ended. And then we find ourselves uh, together a couple of years later. uh, We meet up in one of these chance meetings there. And then we get married. The Lord uh, led that. And so now we've got to blend three kids with two kids. And then over time, we have three kids of our own. So you've got this unique situation where I realize they are each individual. Mm. As much as most people look at them, oh, big family, a lot of kids. Yeah, but they're individual. Mm. So I had to learn to love them individual. I had to learn to teach them individually. I had to learn to parent them individually. And, of course, moving to Nashville, their opinion mattered. We were going to move anyway. But their opinion <laughs> mattered. They needed to know yeah. that their opinion mattered. And um, interestingly, uh, God touched each heart and said, yeah, we we can see that, Dad, and we're willing to, to make that move.
2: That's amazing. We've been
3: down here for two and a half years now.
2: Wow. That's remarkable. Mm. Yeah, I – did I know. they have to, let me, uh, did they have to come around to it or did they like, I mean, when you first, I know that teenagers, 16 year olds, 17 year olds, um, they're pretty established in yeah. what they do and who they hang out with. And when you first said, you know. I really feel like this is something that God wants us to do. Um, were they supportive initially?
3: They were. The, the, ba- they, they were supportive initially. And here's another interesting thing. And and, and again, if I'm looking at, from the perspective of a parent, not even from a perspective of, of a pastor, from a parent, I pretty much knew what their responses were going to be.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And the reason is because I I spend a lot of time getting to know my kids. Uh, you know, I look at the Gospels and I look at Jesus and I look at how how he lived his life. And there's a you know a great great part of scripture where he's going to do something. He's about to feed 5,000, he's about to perform a miracle. Matter of fact, it says that he he he, he retreated to a place to pray mm-hmm. by himself, but as he goes there to find some time by himself, he sees a crowd of people and he looks at them and he has compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And so instead of taking that time that he probably wanted to spend, he went and he catered to what the people needed. And as a parent, I realized that there's times where I just want to be alone, but I've got a multitude of kids. And so I take time to have compassion on them and get to learn them and get to know them. So as I pulled them into the room one by one, and my wife and I, we shared, here's what we feel God is calling. They knew it. Mm. They knew it. They were with me because they, they knew dad and they knew dad knew them. Mm. And I knew how to phrase the question or phrase a statement in a way that would remove their sense of fear.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And um, they were willing, and, and uh, that was encouraging to us. We knew God was in that.
2: I think that's huge. Knowing your kids is a, um, a con- connecting to the heart. Brad talks a lot about you know going pursuing the heart of our kids rather yeah. than just you know the behavior or the personality. Even um, yeah. what what kinds of things did you do to get to know them? What like what things do you? Because I mean it's hard for me. I've got yeah. six kids, and I got you beat by two. Yeah, you do. So I can learn from you. So tell me. <laughs> How do, how do you learn your kids? How, how does a listener out there go, you know what, I, I, don't, I work a job or two jobs. Yeah. I, you know how, does a, how do you get to know your kids? How did you do it?
3: Years ago when we, when we started having the little ones and we had eight, and we had eight from the infant, I looked at the kids and I looked at my wife and I said, you know what, hun these kids are never going to know what it feels like to be a, a, an only child. They're just not going to have it. They always have people around, you know, this just from the outset, there's a lot of people around. I said, but they need the opportunity to be an older child. I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to create daddy date days. And my wife is like, okay, what does that mean? I said, I don't know. I'm going to figure this out. And I prayed about it and I came up with this elaborate thing where it's a form and I fill out a form. I leave it for each kid. One, each kid gets one. And they've got to do something. They got to, I give them a time frame within which they have to return it, mm-hmm. which means they have to think what what would they like to do. If they were an only child, what would they like to do? Where would they like to go? That's great. <laughs> and they would fill the form out. They have five days to do it. If they don't fill it out, it, it goes to the next person. I give the next person. They miss it. Uh, and then I get it. I see what they want to do. I make my research. I, I tell them what's going to happen. I leave it on the dresser. And they know I've got a date on such and such day, such and such time. Here's what I need to bring. Here's what we're going to do. And that was their time to be an only child. And I've done that probably for the last, man, nine, eight, eight, uh, eight, nine that's years. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. That is cool. And that's so really each cool.
3: one gets an opportunity to be an only child. And that's the whole How theory How often do you event. do this? Uh, I try to do it every, you know, it depends on where the, when the money's available. Yeah. But um, I try to do one, you know, tw- twice a month, you know, mm. so each one gets one. I just took my uh, longest daughter. She wanted to see Moana. So I just we just came back from the movies on Friday, and to see her face after spending a day with her dad, two hours, three hours, whatever it is, uh, we did Dave and Buster's with another kid, or you know the, the Rainforest Cafe, or whatever whatever they want to do. But that gives me that time with that kid to just talk, mm. to just hear. To just mm-hmm. love them and for them just to be with dad mm. um, even my son you know when he was young enough he would have his his daddy date days and and that gave me that time to get to know them get to hear them and get to pour into them
2: I think that's so that's that's incredible I, I was thinking the other day I drive one of my daughters to work uh, yeah. to and from work she she's old enough to have a car but she she for whatever reason has not wanted to get a license and um, it's kind of a kind of a pain in the butt sometimes to like get up at night and go pick her up or whatever. And, but what occurred to me is this is time that's already, cu- that's just Skylar and I. Yeah. So if I'm deliberate about the time that I'm given and say, okay, well this is an opportunity instead of begrudgingly looking at this, yeah. if I change my perspective and, and, and say, this is an opportunity for me one on one to spend time with her. Yeah. On this many times but it, it takes a change in focus. I mean, it takes it takes you looking at things differently, whether it's carving out time to be a to have a date yeah. or using time that you're already there, instead of looking at it like I've gotta do this, turn it into something where it's you're you're listening. Yeah. Not just, you know, communicating. And you're learning.
3: Learning, that's the uh, better I, word. I, I, I and I, even with my wife, I've got to learn them. If I don't know them, then I can't parent them. I can't That's really great. love them. They become a, a number, become a figure, a, a you know, a check on a list. But when I know them, then I can sew into them, I can pour into them, and I can know wow. how to correct That's them, so how to lead them.
1: Man, that is really cool. As you were talking, it it just sort of dawned on me. In, in many ways, you're saying uh, we're teachers as parents, but we need to be students yeah. of mm-hmm. our kids um right we need to study them we need we need to pay attention and uh i think that is a very unique insight it really is because you talk about like you should listen to your kids more no yes that's studying you
2: should learn your kids more
3: i tell my kids and they laugh and if you ask them they'll probably remember this i i would always tell them i tell my wife i say i know you better than you know yourself and they always laugh and they always giggle but today, they will tell you, yeah, my dad knows me better than I know myself. Because hmm. I stu- they don't study themselves. They just right. act. But I watch them. I learn them. I, n- I know their habits and what makes them tick. So when I give them advice and they don't listen to it, I say, all right. And then time goes by. They come back, man, dad, you were right. I say, yeah, because I know you better than you know yourself. That's huge, man. I love that.
1: <laughs> what a, a powerful observation. Yeah. You know, I – I know that uh, for many parents out there that are processing, especially those who are in a blended family or you know they have extended family, you know there is this struggle for your personal time.
3: Yeah.
1: And there is a sacrifice that's required to parent. Uh, God doesn't ask us to be perfect, no. and He's not asking us to get get it right. But what He is asking is for us to give it our heart you know, to really invest in our kids. And so that what a great reminder. The reality is,
3: if I were talking to a blended family, the the reality, and I think, at least it's in my life, maybe it's not everybody, but in all of our kids, I think there's always those kids that we gravitate towards because mm-hmm. either personality things are the same, we like the same things and, one of the, one of the kids that I gravitate to the most is one of my wife's kids that she brought. And we just have the same personality, business sense, and just, you know, no nonsense. And so we, we get along very well. But if you we're not careful, we start to spend all the time with the one we like the best. You mm-hmm. know, it's not like we have a favorite, but there's one we click with. Mm-hmm. And if we don't specifically carve out time with someone else or with all of them, then the blended family becomes so complicated because... Mm-hmm. Her kids say, oh, you don't like me. His kids say, oh, you don't like me. Because we're not really saying, I want to spend the time. I want to get to know you. Individually. Individually. Yeah. Not just as a group package. The group package, you know, had an eight, had, we had a 12-passenger van for years. When we travel, <laughs> you get in the van. People say, that's a nice church van. Nope, that's the family car, man. <laughs> but because we get that, that one-on-one time is crucial. When I look at the Gospels, again, you look at Jesus, Jesus, the, a lot of the Bible says he was going from one place to the next, and then someone was there, and he stops everything he was doing to spend time with that one person.
2: Hmm.
3: His the whole life is made of moments. And I said, Look, if I want to be like him, my life has to be made up of
2: moments. What a great
1: reminder. Yeah, and I, as I'm listening to you, Varon, I'm, I'm thinking, what a great example uh, you're setting for your kids uh, in the sense that you're representing their Heavenly Father. you're you're showing them they have value that their identity is unique and special and worthy of your attention and uh, i think what a wonderful foundation you're forming for your kids to grow spiritually uh, by doing what you're doing
3: i tell you it it is a funny thing is that i once the teenagers became teenagers you know 17 i stopped their date days and i would take the little ones out and every once in a while you know my 18 year old or 19 i'll say what am i having my date day again <laughs> uh, and i said man you're yeah. you're 18 now you you're, you're engaged what do you mean date day yeah i want my date day so i know in my mind that drilled something in that heart that maybe she might bring into her marriage you know yeah. and if i do anything i want to plant something in their hearts that they can bring that becomes a benefit to them as a parent yeah that's the best compliment i think for being a parent you see that kids saying man i can
1: i can use that yeah you know? well i mean we just have a few minutes left but I, I as you're sort of ticking off the 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 ages of your kids i i can't help but notice that there's a pretty big range here with eight kids well how old is your oldest now how young is your youngest
3: oldest turned 20 on christmas and the youngest is now six wow so she'll be seven that's a 14 year jump yeah
1: yeah yeah, so it, help us with that. There's somebody out there listening who's got the toddler tween thing, especially happening. in the blended family areas. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so how do you, uh, as a family? I mean, as a father, as a husband, how do you survive that much transition?
3: <laughs> we uh, we did a lot of the older ones take care of the little ones. You know, you you, you do like you got live-in babysitters. But at the same time, I was very specific in saying we can't make the older one 16 whatever she was at that time she can't always be the babysitter she's mm. got to have those times where she can get away and be big sister mm. uh, she's got to have those times where she can go and hang out you know it's 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 really knowing when you're becoming when it's becoming a burden even on the kids uh, because also the little kids would look at the big sister almost as mom right and i would you know say to my wife that that can't happen there's there's one mom in the house and that's mom there's siblings and and so it's really learning how to allow them to get together and get along to love each other but not create that codependence where you can't be a child as well right uh, you don't want a kid to be a parent and mm-hmm. when you see them together you they just you you think they all came from the same mom and
2: dad all their lives and they didn't god did that it's amazing what God can weave together. Yeah. You know, we were sitting at our table. We had we had a, a meeting. Um, we I have a blended family too, mm-hmm. as you know, um, and so we try to have meetings every so often. Which is another thing that I just as a side note, like I was thinking about this as people in companies or organizations, we wouldn't we would never think about having a company run with never meeting. Yeah, I mean you right. all you have to check in. Yeah, and so why we say that families are the most important part of our lives. But it's not a natural thing to have family meetings. I mean, I just think that that's... So that's kind of a New Year's thing for me. I want to get more deliberate about that. One of the interesting things I was going to say came up this time is I just... I went around the table and said, um, what things make us... What, who are we as a family? What's yeah. important to us? What do you see is important to us? Yeah. Second thing is, what is unique about the situation that is different than if I was just a parent with three girls and Barb was just a parent with three boys? What has made us better? And it was incredible because every single one of them answered. And it was, I, it happens like if you just, if you don't force, if you don't coerce answers, they all said, you know, like we wouldn't know what it was like living with boys or we wouldn't know what it's like living with girls. And they all, it's just crazy when you start getting feedback that just, we can trust that God is faithful to bring things together, Yeah, you know, Um, which is just remarkable. If we're deliberate about, I mean, not even if, but In spite of sometimes us failing, God is faithful.
3: Family meetings, I'll say this, I I, I agree with you, family meetings for us was so important. Um, We tried to make them devotional, sometimes we we hit that, but a lot of times it's sitting down and debriefing. What's going on in your world? And here's what's going on in our world. You need to know what mom and dad think. We need to know what you think. We need to get on the same page. Again, it's like a business, like a company. We've got to run this well and everybody's input matters and for a parent a parent has to realize it's not just, you know, the Verona Veneta show. It's the family. It's, it's all of us and right. we're all valuable. That's fantastic. Know, that's
2: really cool. I want to join your family.
3: Yeah. Well, nah, well, I do need another boy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, Sold. <man>. I'm in <laughs> the, the fun I could have with that comment. I'm going to pass, but thank you, Veron, um, for joining yes, our audience you. with, you know, just what a blessing you've been today. I, I will um, make sure that anyone who wants to get a hold of Pastor Varon, uh, if you have further questions or or insights you're looking for, just check out the Brilliantly Brave website, and we'll have his contact information right there in the uh, information for this podcast. We thank you for joining us, and we hope you've been encouraged, inspired, and renewed by this podcast. Thank you, and God bless.
0: Parents, remember, even if you may not feel brilliant or brave, you are. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. I am convinced that He is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. 2 Timothy 1, 7 and 13 This podcast is a service of I Shine Ministries and the Tween Gospel Alliance, all rights reserved. Donations to Brilliantly Brave are tax-deductible at iShineLive.com. Review and subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, or on our webpage. And read our blog and connect with us at WordPress at BrilliantlyBrave.com. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Brilliantly Brave.
1: Hi, it's Pastor Brad with brilliantly brave parenting and I am letting you know about a really awesome podcast. If you are a solo parent or you know someone who's solo parenting right now, have I got a podcast? For you, uh, Dear friend, co-host of our show and my partner in crime, Robert Beeson has started something really spectacular. Robert's here in the studio. Tell us about it. Yeah, thanks, Brad. So Solo Parent Society
2: podcast is talking to solo parents out there that are doing it alone. We uh, talk to other solo parents that are out there, talk about their struggles and insights that they've come across, as well as experts in the fields that solo parents deal with the most. I was a single parent for eight years, raising three girls. My co-host was a solo parent. Raising a boy and a girl Also for I think about seven years So together we talk about these different topics And we have great guests Either solo parents like I said Or experts in the field So it's it's new, it's authentic, it's real, it's raw And it's, it's super fun Solo Parent Society Podcast
1: Brilliantly Brave is supporting and encouraging And endorsing what this is And if you want to check it out It's available what, on iTunes? Yeah, everywhere that Brilliantly Brave is Awesome, thanks